Howdy there. I'm Matt McKinley with the Burning Daylight Podcast. If you ever wanted to make a podcast, well, Spotify's got a platform that makes that lets you make one super easily. And then you can distribute it everywhere and even earn money. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for, for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from the phone or computer. Uh, so no matter what uh, your setup is like, you can uh, start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And uh, if you like my show, Fence Post Politics with my buddy Aaron, that's the place to watch it because it's all video all the time. And we uh, like we share videos, we comment on videos, we share news articles and uh, and funny memes. So um, it's pretty cool. Um, and also, if you want to take your conversations to uh, with your fans to the next level, uh, your question and answer answer and polls are the best way to get them talking you can attach that to your your podcast there and, and you get your you get you know valuable interactions with your fan your fans and uh <clears throat> with spotify for podcasters you can earn money in a variety of ways including ads and podcast subscriptions and best of all it's totally free with no catch and that's uh that that is true um, <laughs> supposed to do a testimonial here, um, but anyways, this is the the podcast I use or the podcast uh host that I use. I like Spotify. They're uh they're very good on just letting you do your thing, uh with uh with no catch to it. Uh, there's a good reason why Joe Rogan hosts podcasts on Spotify and, and this is uh this is a great way to get started if you if you've ever thought about starting a podcast this is where I would send anybody to go um <clears throat> best thing you can do is just download the Spotify for podcasters app or you can go to spotify.com slash podcasters to get started and yeah if you've ever thought about just doing a podcast or if you're tired of paying a monthly service that uh, doesn't seem to do much for you, Spotify podcasters is your spot. So uh, go to spotify.com slash podcasters or download the app today. podcast for the working cowboy well howdy there daylight burners happy monday hope the week treated you all right uh weekend treated you all right it's uh it's hot and dry again um hey it's uh it's summer in the desert so um yeah a little hotter than normal though We'll say that uh, I was talking with Boots uh, this morning. It's hot over there and hotter over there. So I uh, don't feel so bad about myself. It was 102 degrees in London, England. And uh, boy, those uh, those little Brits didn't know how to handle it, I don't think. Uh, you know, it's kind of rainy all the time. And uh, speaking of raining all the time, the um, guy I'm going to talk about today is um, from rainy old, uh, not England, but Scotland immigrated over here and um, left uh, left quite a le- little legacy for himself. And uh, this uh, this pretty interesting, um, some pretty interesting stuff I found out. So anyway, Alan Pinkerton, he's the head of the the founder, head of the the Pinkerton uh, Detective Agency. 
started as started as Pinkerton uh, Detective Agency and then morphed into Pinkerton National Detective Agency, um, widely known as the precursor to the U.S. Secret Service. And um, yeah, so we'll touch on that a little bit as well. Um, but interesting stuff and brings up a lot of a lot of questions and a lot of a lot of thoughts that I've kind of got going on and 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 especially to see where because Pinkerton Agency is still around. Uh, live and well, um, it is a subsidiary of a Swedish uh, global like corporate security type uh, conglomerate, and um, yeah. So anyway, um, but before we get all that, Alan Pinkerton, born nineteen or eighteen nineteen, um, says he was a Scottish Cooper abolitionist, detective, and spy. That's known for creating national Pinkerton National Tech Detective Agency. So the um, you know the story that everybody um, you know points to that kind of how he got his start is he he immigrated over the United States uh, and was working outside of Chicago or in Chicago, I guess, um, um, fifty miles northwest of Chicago on the Fox River. So he was working as a barrel maker and uh and he kind of stumbled into um well I won't say s- stumbled into we'll uh so here's here's a picture I'll pop him up here on the the screen so this is from uh we are the mighty dot com and Anyway, so there he is on on his horse. Uh, got a little, got a stogie, little bowler hat. Um, so let's see where first got into detective work before the Civil War. He was living in Chicago when he developed a grudge with, uh, with the banditti of the Prairie Gang. I'm not sure what that means. Um, uh, they sus- suspected his home was used as a stop on the Underground Railroad, so they sacked it. In response, Pinkerton trailed the banditti of the Prairie Gang, infiltrated their hideout, and observed their activities. He compiled a detailed report, handed it over to the Chicago Police Department, and they successfully took down the gang. So, he uh, he was a well-known abolitionist. He actually, um, after this, uh, he was actually very kind of instrumental in uh, sparking off the old Civil War. Um, as a very committed abolitionist, he was a Scotsman. Um, so after, after this deal here with, uh, with the, the thing in Chicago, also they, it turns out, uh, there was also a story that there was some counterfeiting going on with this gang and, um, and so, and then also with the, the, um, uh, underground railroad, he, he actually, his house was a stop on the underground railroad. And, uh, later on he, after he, after this deal in Chicago, he started up his, uh, well, he went to, I guess he went to work for the Chicago police and then eventually, um, you know, was good at what he did. So he started his own agency, uh, because unlike today, the, the police forces were very, um, lacking, I guess. I mean, not that they're, not that they're great today, but compared to the, amount of funding they get today to, as uh, opposed to back then. Um, night and day difference, not even in the same, let alone, that's uh, not even the same sport, let alone ballpark. But so, but the, the private uh, detectives were very, very popular. And uh, so he was able to, uh, to build this uh, detective agency in Chicago. And one of the, the big, <clears throat> cases that really kind of got him put on the map was when he um he paid a uh, a fella to to infiltrate the Molly Maguires which was a uh was a mine coal miners union in Pennsylvania um it was uh it was an Irish Catholic um organization very secretive um but also I'm mean, like very well known 
who most of the the members were, but it was, uh, I mean, just kind of your typical gang. They were also, I mean, they were, they were unions, but they're also kind of a street gang, um, which most of the unions were back in the, those days too. It kind of, kind of turns out they were, they're a bunch of poor immigrants working in, in, uh, just horrendous conditions. But anyway, Pinkerton sends one of his agents in, infiltrates, um, and eventually takes down the, the Molly Maguires. I think, uh, killing the leader or something along those. I'm, I'm, I got halfway through a book on, on the Pinkertons and, um, it was pretty, it was pretty tough going there for a minute. And, uh, I kept thinking it was going to pick up and it didn't. So I'll get back to it. Um, but for, for what I found out today, we got enough to, to go off of, but that, that Molly McGuire's deal was what kind of really, really brought him into, uh, you know, I guess maybe, maybe national focus or, or at least he, he, he was starting to get some attention because you're looking at, uh, you know, the robber barons of the day, as they called them, like these big, just giants of industry that were, um, in these coal mines. And, and, uh, so with, with big money, you know, they got ties to the government, obviously. And, uh, and after he was able to, uh, to help out these these coal miners and he got more attention from other um from other folks and eventually he uh after he he funded um you know he built up this agency and then became you know even even more involved in the ab- uh, abolition movement and he actually it's rumored that he actually bought the suit that John Brown was uh was hanged in or buried in uh, after his failed uh, raid on Harper's Ferry, where which you, if you don't know that, uh, I, I don't know. Some of you younger kids, let me know. Like if you're say under the age of twenty one, did you learn about Harper's Ferry, <coughs> or um, or did you have to start like, you know, I, I guess after after the Civil War when you started U.S. history. Anyway, I, I'd be interesting to to know how many of you how many knows about the the raid on Harper's Ferry. But anyway, that was kind of the, like the unofficial kickoff to the civil war. You know, you had bleeding Kansas and then John Brown, who was big in bleeding Kansas. He, uh, raid on Harper's Ferry, but, uh, Alan Pinkerton, um, had, had ponied up quite a little bit of money to buy clothes and, uh, food, and I think even some of the arms that they that they had when they stormed that because it was a military depot that they stormed, you know, like a, just an arms uh, an armory, I guess. And um, yeah, after it failed and they and they I think they hung him. Yeah. And uh, that yeah, apparently, allegedly, according to legend, anyways, um, the suit that he was hung in was bought by Alan Pinkerton. Um, but during the Civil War, uh, Pinkerton was was made like the chief. Uh, uh, what was the name of his? Uh... Okay, so he his first jobs mostly consisted of protecting abolitionist meetings, then the John Brown deal, and investigating a bunch of train robberies. Uh, his contract for the contact for the railroad gig was the company's lawyer by a man by the name of Abe. Okay. So Abe Lincoln, um, had, a had a vested interest in, in, uh, these railroads being profitable. And when your railroad is carrying money and is getting robbed, um, that's not very profitable. And, uh, anyway, so Pinkerton was, uh, was buddy buddy with Abe Lincoln and they're both abolitionists. Uh, and, well, I guess Lincoln wasn't quite the, the ardent abolitionist that, uh, that Pinkerton was. Um, but then he was hired by Lincoln, uh, because there was, they got wind of a, an assassination attempt and, um, they put Pinkerton in charge of security and he was able to, to thwart that one, not the, you know, John, John Wilkes Booth, you know, you miss a hundred percent of the shots. You never take, Oh, uh, JWB. Um, anyhow, uh, he later, he was given command over the union intelligence service, which was a predecessor to the U S army, uh, counterintelligence command. And he was the chief of that. And, um, and he took his job very, very seriously. 
Um, and, and his agents, um, with, uh, with the union, um, intelligence service, they, uh, is, um, um, there he is right there. Uh, but anyway, they would, uh, they would dress up in, in Confederate uniforms and they would go out, uh, just and they were just they were essentially spies just uh trying to find any information they could and um and Pinkerton himself was uh what would go out on these raids and <clears throat> you know whether they uh they they would come back with like number of of uh, enemy troops or positions or what their supplies looked like and then um you know so on and so forth but he uh he was very good at what he did and uh uh for all accounts and uh, intents and purposes i mean he was you know he was very dedicated to his job as well he considered himself a pro labor man he uh he felt he said he felt uh you know solidarity with the workers but he really didn't like uh the strikes and he didn't like um you know when when business was ground to a halt he was a businessman as well and uh, and he was also like very much a um you know he was just gung ho about uh, America being being strong and uh you know and, and part of that was a strong economy so he i mean had good good intentions for for his beliefs but after the after the civil war um they later they uh they formed you know he they did a lot of work for the government um a lot of times it was protecting the railroads like and it wasn't just uh the union pacific or, or you know whatever whatever railroad he got is uh like the illinois pacific or illinois central or something like that um but it was like all all the railroads and so he had this huge huge network of 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 um agents and you know pretty soon he gets involved with uh chasing down uh Jesse Frank and Jesse James and the and the younger brothers and uh they had some wars they really had some wars the 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 James boys they uh, shot up a whole lot of Pinkertons and uh they killed one um oh, let's see yeah they um they they really they really kind of screwed screwed it up so uh this is from pbs i'll pop this up on the screen as well um they got some pretty cool uh renderings of of them too but um so let's see A train robbery by the James gang in Gads Hill, Missouri. The Adams Express Company asked Pinkerton to bring the brothers Frank and Jesse James to justice. Express companies were paid to carry valuables on the railroads, and they, rather than the train companies, uh, typically suffered the largest losses during the robberies. So, um, it was, so it wasn't exactly the the train company itself it was uh it was the express company so they were yeah so they 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 had like the they were the ones that had the armored cars essentially they were the 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 brinks of the day and then probably uh i could go down in a to a big rabbit hole but i've already went far enough and we got a got a little bit to get through yet so i'm gonna but like yeah all the way up to modern day um uh, so he's Pinkerton uh, accepted the assignment and sent one of his uh, detectives to Clay County, Missouri, to investigate. That detective, a man named Joseph Wincher, arrived in early 1874 and made his way to the James Homestead. Despite being warned by a former sheriff that the old woman would kill you dead if the boys didn't, Wincher was found murdered the next day. His death scared off the express company, but the old abolitionist Pinkerton, who vowed vengeance on the outlaws, uh, who still espoused the Confederate cause? So, the the express company said, "All right, well, no, we're we're out. We're not paying you anymore. You didn't you didn't get it, and you actually uh, 
yeah, you, one of your guys got killed. We're we're out on that. But Pinkerton, uh, he continued chasing him on his uh, on his own dime. Um, vowed vengeance. Okay, there there is no use talking. He wrote to the James brothers, "They must die." In January 1875, a group of Pinkerton detectives and sympathetic locals raided the James farm. But their plans went awry when an incendiary device they topped into the house exploded, uh, wounding Zerelda and killing Jesse's eight-year-old half-brother, Archie. Public opinion rallied around the, uh, rallied to the James family as never before, and the Pinkerton agency was excoriated for the raid. Uh, and after that, they gave it up. So this is kind of a common theme with the, with the Pinkerton agency. They... Uh, they do a lot of good good work, and uh, then they but they use some really heavy handed uh, tactics, and um, they end up killing some people, and then the public gets mad at them, and then uh, whoever's paying them, like you have got to go, just go away for a little bit, get out of here, and uh, lay low, lay low, stay out of the headlines, you know the, that that whole deal, um, and. and from there, it went to union busting, and there was there was another like rival um, detective agency. It was called the um, uh, was it the Hamilton Felt Agency, something like that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, let's see. I think it was, I, uh, anyway, not important. It was another, another detective agency. And there was a, there was a bunch of them. Uh, you know, you, you could look at all the, all the range wars in the West. And that was essentially what it was. It was, uh, there, there were hired guns, uh, mercenaries, if you want to call them. They, I mean, sometimes, yeah, you could, you could actually call them mercenaries where they, you know, when you look at, at some of the, the labor wars in the you know the late 1800s early 1900s and and how many times the pinkertons were involved you know whether they were hired um as open security or if they were hired to um you know infiltrate and uh and take them down from the inside you know uh kind of like they did with the the Molly Maguires or if they they use like agent provocateurs like uh like you always see in some of these uh these riots or protests that you see uh you'll see a few people that uh all of a sudden they're they're doing some really fishy shit to you know like they're they'll be the first one to throw a brick through the window and then they don't go in they just run off to the next place and and uh and they just set off this chain of looting you know and that that was kind of what the what the Pinkertons were known for. Maybe not so much the the looting or whatever, but they would, uh, you know, they would infiltrate one of the one of those strikes or whatever. And you know, the, and they the union guys were pretty pretty damn rough themselves. You know, they would they would beat the shit out of non union workers, and it was a it was a big big bloody knockdown drag out fight. And, uh, it just so happened the Pinkertons usually were a little better armed, but they would, uh, they would infiltrate these, these unions. And then when it, when it had come to these confrontations, they would, uh, they would usually kind of help spark off the violence and then, uh, hoping to turn, you know, public image against the, against the workers as opposed to the companies. And, and it worked a lot of times, sometimes it didn't. Um, and then sometimes shit just really got out of hand and, there, there was, you can look, look through just, you know, um, do like, uh, organized labor, uh, battles and, and you can see a whole list from like Ludlow, Colorado, where, um, <coughs> you had, you had, uh, like the, the, the other agency I was telling you about something felt, I know it was felt, um, Hamilton felt something anyway, uh, they were they were heavily in there used as as security and they wrote they drove around in a like a truck with a machine gun mounted in the back and then eventually uh when when the strike popped off there in Ludlow uh they declared martial law and then 
you had a bunch of these uh, these private detectives and and Colorado National Guard um, shoot down a whole bunch of people, and 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 that happened multiple times throughout throughout that you know like roughly thirty thirty year period where like the 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 labor union movement was like really going to war with uh with the the owners i mean it was um yeah it was really ugly and that that shit happened a lot and sometimes it was it was sparked off by uh violence from um you know the workers sometimes it was uh inspired by the the owners um but it was it was uh, it was a nasty and and a brutal fight and uh the pinkertons and all these other little uh agencies were uh were involved right up in it so from there we have uh let's see where is that secret service okay uh we go to the u.s secret service and um one of the big problems was uh counterfeit currency at the time and uh Let's see. Uh, history. There we go. Abraham Lincoln, uh, with with a reported one third of the currency in circulation being counterfeit at the time, Abe Lincoln established a commission to make recommendations to remedy the problem. The Secret Service was later established on July fifth, eighteen sixty five. Boy, they uh, <laughs> they. Secret Service uh, did not have a solid, solid start. When was uh, when was Lincoln assassinated? I don't know that date right offhand, but um, okay. So they they came in after the fact. All right. So, but then. They had them uh, focus on protecting the the currency for the most part. It was uh, it was that was their initial goal was to to take care of the the money supply. Um, so here we go. The Secret Service was later established uh, July fifth, eighteen sixty five, to suppress counterfeit currency. Uh, so they were under the Department of the Treasury at the time. Uh, Chief William P. Wood was sworn in by the Secretary of, of Treasury, Hugh McCulloch, uh, commissioned in Washington, D.C. as the Secret Service Division of the Department of the Treasury with the mission of suppressing counterfeiting. At the, other, at the time, the only other federal law enforcement agencies were the U.S. Customs Service, U.S. Uh, Park Police, and the U.S post office department um after the assassination assassination of president william mckinley in 1901 congress informally requested the secret service to provide uh, presidential protection Uh, a year later secret service assumed full-time responsibility for the presidential protection and uh um, they were the first uh u.s domestic intelligence intelligence and counterintelligence agency um and that was one of the things that uh, that Pinkerton was really known for was his criminal database. So he took really detailed reports. He required all of his agents to do the same. And after the the invention of the camera, he started uh, compiling uh, photographs of of all the all known criminals that he that he could, and uh, probably was. Um, probably is instrumental in uh you know like the the big wanted reward posters of, of the old west i'm sure that, that the pinkertons had a lot to do with that um and then they uh, so th- this was pretty interesting too so in 1909 uh president taft agreed to meet with mexican president um diaz in el paso texas and uh and juarez in the first meeting between a U.S. and a Mexican president and also the first time an American president visited Mexico. But the historic summit resulted in serious uh, assassination threats and other security concerns for the then small Secret Service. So the Texas Rangers, 4,000 U.S. and Mexican troops, 
uh, BOI agents, Bureau of the Interior, uh, U.S. Marshals, and an additional two, 250-man private security detail led by Frederick Russell Berman, the celebrated scout. Um, they were all uh, called in by uh, Secret Service Chief John Wilkie to provide security. October 16th, the day of the summit, uh, Burnham discovered a man holding a concealed palm pistol at the El Paso Chamber of Commerce building along the procession route. The man was captured and disarmed only a few feet from Diaz and Taft. Um, however, they've got a little bit of a, a sullied history themselves. So they, they protected the president, but they also... Um, assisted in arresting uh, Japanese-American leaders and in the Japanese-American internment during World War II. So, um, that's not, that's not real ideal. Um, but they were, they were officially under the Department of the Treasury up until like 93 or something like that. Um... Might have been even later than that. Oh, yeah. 2000, 2003. Um, it was transferred from the Treasury to the newly established Department of Homeland Security. Um, and then we'll go back to the Pinkerton Agency. So after... Dum-dum-dum-dum... Uh, Okay. So, following the Civil War, began conducting operations against organized labor. During the labor strikes of the late 19th and 20th centuries, uh, businesses hired the Pinkerton Agency to infiltrate unions, supply guards, and keep strikers and suspected unionists out of factories and recruit goon squads to intimidate workers. During the Homestead Strike of of 1892... Pinkerton agents were called in to reinforce the strike-breaking measures of the industrialist industrialist Henry Clay Frick, who was acting on behalf of Andrew Carnegie, the head of Carnegie Steel. Tensions between the workers and strike-breakers erupted into violence, which led to the deaths of three Pinkerton agents and nine steel workers. Um, And then after that, they there was a bunch of states that passed laws that said you cannot bring in outside security during a labor dispute. Uh, and most of them, I don't know whether in the the text of the laws themselves, but very much in the the debate leading up to the votes was uh, the Pinkertons were mentioned by name. Um, oh, so here's on the the Molly Maguires. Um, yeah, James McParlin was the name of the the agent um, that infiltrated the Molly McGuire's. Uh, they were a secret society of mainly Irish American coal miners, and uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure they shot the leader. Um, Okay, so then the Stunenberg murder trial. Harry Orchard was arrested by the Idaho police and uh, and confessed to Pinkerton agent James McParland that he assassinated former Governor Frank Steubenberg of Ohio in 1905. Orchard testified unsuccessfully under threat of hanging against Western Federations of Minor President Bill, Big Bill Haywood, naming him as hire, having hired the hit. With the stirring defense from Hayward and other defendants of the WFM were acquitted in a nationally publicized trial. Uh, Orchard received a death sentence, but it was commuted. So I don't, I'll have to look into that one. Um, but due to his conflicts with labor unions, the word Pinkerton continues to be associated by labor organizers and union members with strike breaking. Uh, Pinkerton's a di- diversified from labor spying following revelations publicized by the La Follette committee hearings in 1937. 
And the firm's criminal detection work also suffered from the police modernization movement, which saw the rise of the FBI and the bolstering of detective branches and and resources to the public police. With less of the labor and criminal investigation work on which the Pinkertons thrived for decades, the company became increasingly involved in protection services. And in 1960s, even the word detective disappeared from the agency's letterhead. The company now focuses on threat intelligence, risk management, executive protection, and active shooter response. 1999, the company was bought by Securitas AB, a Swedish uh, security firm, for $384 million. Wow. That was in 99. That's, you're probably looking at like 750 today. Maybe, maybe pushing, bumping up on a billion. Ooh. Um, Pinkerton has not entirely gotten away from its anti-labor past. In 2020, they were hired by Amazon to spy on warehouse workers for signs of union activity. Um, and they, so then, here, I'll, I'll pop up their their corporate website. And uh, so this is an overview about us, our approach. Uh, comprehensive risk management backed by our 170-year legacy. Uh, you can download a brochure. With operational capabilities in over 100 countries, we provide our clients with specialized global solution that meets their needs from advisory to execution. Uh, Total risk perspective. Pinkerton takes a total risk uh, perspective to analyze risk. We break down risk connected into four connect uh, risk into four connected quadrants and examine your threats with a macro, micro, macro and micro, external and internal point of view. The risk landscape is ever-changing, therefore it is essential to have the right perspective when designing and implementing a strategy that considers future risks as well as current ones. Um, so you have operational and physical, market and economic, technology and information, hazard and uh, event are your four quadrants. And then you have within hazard and event, you have natural, natural disasters, disease and health, crime and violence. Uh, in operational and physical, you have business continuity, supply chain, and workforce risk, i.e. unions. Um, market and economic, you got uh, macro political instability, economic risk, and fiscal and regulatory. Uh, technology and information, uh, you got systems integration, intellectual property, and social and disruptive potential. So... Uh, they are very much like, well, they're, they're call themselves Pinkerton, uh, consulting and investigation. Now they don't, they don't say detective, but they do say investigation still, but, uh, consulting mostly. And they're, they're like an overall risk management solution. So they're, uh, they look being with their connections into, you know, money from, you know, civil war on, they were tasked with protecting money when that later uh, led into protecting capital, meaning the, you know, the plants, the, the factories, the mines. Um, and with all that, that comes with uh, making sure the workers work. And <clears throat> now they've got it into, you know, you have all, all these things and they're, they're like very much a, uh, like an all encompassing brand. And it sounds a lot like you may have heard this stuff, um, floated around if you if you're follow any like the financial stuff at all which i i don't much um but some of the podcasts i do list they go really into to finance and economics and and i i kind of i know enough to kind of know when something seems fucky but i don't i don't i don't delve too deep into it but you'll hear something about esg i'll pop this up on the screen and this is from who is this from? This is from like PWC.com. I'm not sure who they are, but they're an investment group. And ESG is uh, environmental, social, and governance. And so now they have scores, you know, like an ESG score of where and where, like how your 
your company is doing and how you should steer it. So environmental, you've got net zero emissions, product waste, investor expectations, societal expectations. So that's why you're seeing these corporations get more woke and uh, get involved in societal issues. Um, On the social end, uh, creates enterprise value and enhance create enterprise value and enhance public trust by addressing, managing, and communicating societal commitments. So the social impact, uh, workforce, privacy, DEI, I don't know what DEI reporting is. Um, half of consumers want companies to make more progress on social issues. Consumers want companies to make more progress on social uh, issues like DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, data security, and privacy. 83% of employees, uh, majority of employees, are more likely to work for a company that stands up for social issues they care about. How do they know where you stand? And 43% of consumers versus 67% of executives. So 43, only 43% of consumers say can, uh, companies are investing more resources, resources in data security and privacy within ESG efforts, but 67% of execs think they're doing so. Where is the disconnect? All right. So anyway, then you go down to the governance Without governance and oversight, ESG won't unlock your company's potential. Learn how leading firms set the pace. Board visibility. Less than half of corporate directors say ESG issues are regularly a part of their board's agenda. There's clearly significant room for improvement. Uh, Board diversity. Four out of five corporate directors agree. Most corporate uh, directors agree that companies should be doing more to promote gender gender and racial diversity in the workplace. Um, Investors are focusing on the connection between ESG goals and executive compensation. Uh, By tying the two, you can incur tax transparency. One third of consumers think businesses spend more to avoid corporate tax. Now, more than ever, your company needs to provide tax transparency to all stakeholders. Corporate governance directors say that companies should prioritize a broader group of stakeholders, not just shareholders. Um, so it's it's like the perfect marriage of woke and climate and sensitivity and blah. And um, it sounds like modern day Pinkerton has a little bit into that too, but also um, they offer the cooler stuff as well. Products. They have uh, reports, crime index reports, position yourself ahead of the curve with a new way of crime awareness. Our crime index equips organizations with the knowledge to better understand and protect against the threat of crime surrounding their business locations. So this one is, uh, seems like it's kind of cool, but current crime scores make assessments based on today's data with crimes risk scores built using a 12 month rolling trend crime types weighted by severity and commuted computed as a multiple relative to the national median. And, uh, this, they're, so when they, uh, when the government released their, like, crime, uh, report outlook, you know, reported the, the crime outlook, um, Pinkerton is very heavily mentioned in there. Um, what else do they got? Um, let's see. What else? There, there was um, maybe it was at the bottom here. Well, damn it! Our values. What are our values? Being a Pinkerton means something. 
For 170 years, Pinkerton agents have been protecting organizations, their assets, their reputations, and their people all around the world. Our motto, we never sleep, represents our allegiance to the core values of integrity, vigilance, and excellence. Um, yeah, they're, uh, they're into some weird shit. They, like, they're, they're, uh, they are kind of tied into everything. And, and it makes you wonder, like, they, they, from the very beginning, they've had a very close tie with the federal government and, and later even, like, led to them creating, uh, you know, their, their own, um, you know, creating a, uh, a federal agency designed after, after them. And yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. So here's, here's their core services they offer. Uh, so advisory, which is comprehensive risk consulting and products to navigate incoming threats, Integrated protection, intelligence-driven protection anytime, anywhere, investigations, uh, global investigations, so you can make evidence-based decisions and embedded SMEs, your global gateway to specialized expertise through embedded personnel. Sounds a lot like a spy, don't it? Embedded personnel. Embedded support service. Our mission goes beyond protecting your organization. We create value for your company. As the threat landscape constantly changes, it is imperative to have the right people in place. Uh, People who fully understand your organization, how we can help. Um, Basically, they they just hire a spy for you and and like, yeah, do spy shit. Tell you how to run your company better. Integrated protection. Uh, Our protection services fall under a combination of two broad categories, duration and protection type. Whether you need ad hoc or prolonged support, we provide reliable protection for people, assets, property, and places. Uh, When you partner with Pinkerton, our trusted risk advisor will assess, identify, and understand the interconnected interconnectivity of the different types of risk impacting you or your company. Yeah, so they protect assets, property, places, and people. So, um, yeah, all these, like, you go back to, like, the ESG stuff and whether, or they're just the government in general. Like, everybody wants to sound like they're doing good stuff, but somebody has to make all that good stuff happen and uh, and sometimes problems have to be taken care of and so at, at the at the end of all these pie in the sky good things that the government or whoever else is going to do there's always some muscle um that like nobody talks about and that's been the pinkertons <laughs> since day 1 um do they get a little out of hand yeah yeah they do uh do they do some good work Probably, yeah, they brought down some bad some bad people um but I think, like any other uh you know police force um kinda kinda how that all works <laughs> it's got they are they're all all kind of have that a little bit of a checkered past where they got out of hand and uh maybe did some shit they didn't weren't supposed to, and people didn't like it. But they're still out there. But now they're they're owned by the Swedish, and I, I just wonder. I, I texted, um, I texted, texted one of the like the special forces guys that I know, and just curious to see if they've done any sort of whether whether if they did any like direct work with them or if they did some consulting or or what. Because I, I bet you they didn't mention you know like what they're their assets look like on these protection details, but I bet you they're, um, you know, former military, highly trained. Um, and you see that with, uh, like that's one of the, the first, first thing veterans, like first jobs, a lot of veterans have, uh, when they get out is, uh, private security as it pays well. And, uh, and it's still kind of, they, they're able to use their, the skills that they learned in the, in the military. So, um, uh, 
And that's honestly, that's kind of how it was back in the in the early days of the Pinkertons. It was a bunch of you know after the the war was over, it was a bunch of former soldiers that uh, needed some work, and uh, they got to go hunt. Bat, hunt, hunt down some bad guys that you know, maybe they were confederates too so you know you get to uh you get to blow off a little bit of steam left over from the war and you get you get paid pretty well and uh and you don't have to like you get a little more of a transition back into normal society but normal society was a little more violent back then anyway well i don't know it's just getting pretty violent around here uh lately um i bet you the secret service is working overtime right now um never mind those text messages that got deleted um what do you guys think of that i'm honestly curious as to what everybody thinks about the the secret service just happened to not have the records they were subpoenaed for now i'm I'm no fan of this uh this kangaroo court they've got going on um they have shown some stuff that was interesting. The, the fact that Trump really didn't do shit for like three hours is, is, uh, interesting. Um, but anyway, I, I don't, they're not good faith actors, so I don't, I, I don't buy into them, but either way, like the fact that the people that were like, very very involved in that day and uh the records they're asking for just came up missing i yeah i don't like that i don't like that at all and um but also i i i don't know whose side uh like what's what what is the secret service deal because they've uh they've been involved in, involved in some shady shit too like all, all of these government agencies have and uh, it's funny how they all start with like, you know, good purposes. And, and I think for the most part, Pinkerton was just a man of his time. You know, he was very strong in his, uh, his convictions on the, on the abolition deal. And then he was just much, very much a law and order type of guy and, uh, was good at his job, but he also like, he was law and order unless he was, you know, kind of on the case. Um, you know, and then, then the kind of, sometimes the laws went out the window, you know, like where you're throwing dynamite <laughs> into a farmhouse to, uh, to bring down a guy that's, um, wanted by the law, but you're being paid by a private company to bring him down. And it's, uh, yeah. So that is when, you know, this is one of those things when, when I get, I hear discussions from, uh, from anarchists and they talk about private security forces, I, it's um yeah i don't i don't know if that's such a great idea either i mean i'm like the fact that they're there i I think that's fine but also ooh, yeah they're they're just as bad if not worse than uh than government services sometimes usually when they're being you know um when they're in bed with the government but still that's uh you can look at the pinkerton and that's they were they really a private company? Kinda. I mean, they they operated as a as a private company, but they had a they definitely had the the seal of approval from the government, and that's that's how a lot of these uh, these uh, contractors work overseas too. I mean, it's a it's a whole convoluted mess. But hey, good for Alan Pinkerton, huh? He got famous by catching everybody except Jesse James. And, uh, and now your, your, uh, predecessors are ushering in a woke corporate oligar- uh, oligopoly or something like that. I, I don't know of how much they have to do with the ESG stuff, but I bet you, I bet you it, uh, if after looking at that little, you know, circle with the, the quadrants there, they, I could see how that would be on their on their radar. Whether they're pu- pushing more of the environmental and uh, and the social shit, I don't know. Or if they're just like, "Hey, here is the actual threat." I would imagine. I don't know. I don't. I'm, I would imagine their clientele. Um, I don't know. I I would be interesting if anybody's ever worked for the Pinkertons. Uh, hit me up. I'd be be fascinated to, to talk with you even if it's just like a boring office job i'd still still be interested anyhow um it's funny where these rabbit holes can uh, can lead you down and 
Yeah, who knew that maybe uh, oh, Alan Pinkerton helped uh, usher in like the the woke Disney that we know it. You know, you know, where like they have to, you have to have everybody has to be represented in each commercial, whether it makes sense or not. Like the like the gay and trans stuff has to be woven into every storyline, whether it fits or makes sense or not whether it adds to the actual story or not, but you just like, did Alan Pinkerton lead us to that? Cause if he did, man, I, my, my thoughts on Alan Pinkerton go down quite a bit, quite a little bit. Um, I don't know how high they were to start with, but either way, hope you didn't do this, Alan. I hope this wasn't you because, uh, I don't like it. I don't like this shit. Um, Anyway, interesting stuff. I I wonder. I, I am I am curious to see. Well, if they're able to recover any of that that stuff, and, and I wonder what the response will be from the the conservative side of things because I remember very well how uh, how people were upset about thirty thousand emails from Hillary Clinton being uh, up and gone, which. Like I said, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, with good reason. People should have been up in arms about that. But I wonder if it'll be the same. Yeah. Excuse me. If it'll be the same overall response uh, to these text messages being gone all of a sudden, too. Or if uh, if the conservative side's just kind of like head in the sand over the the January 6th thing. I, I don't know. I'm curious. I would really like to know what all went went down that day. I don't know if we'll... Uh, what I would like is just like an actual uh, like court finding instead of just like having the Democrat side of things for a little bit and then when the Republicans take side, they'll have their side of things, but you won't really get to the truth ever. Um, it seems like where we're headed, but I would like to know. I thought like it was, it was Secret Service where they were at fault, where it was... Uh, was Capitol Police? Was was it Pelosi? Uh, was it was it Schumer? Was it Trump? I don't know. The shit show, and um, we can thank Alan Pinkerton for all of it. I think, and if not, we'll always wish we should have, huh? Um, anyway, I uh, hope you enjoyed that. Hope you have a good week. Uh, make sure if you'd like to support the show, head over to Patreon.com/slash Burning Daylight. And sign up there. Um, get bonus content. You get ad-free content, and uh, get some other stuff uh, as well. Or you can head over to Spotify, and you can sign up there. All the all the Patreon com uh, content will also be on Spotify. But you gotta you gotta subscribe there. It's four ninety nine a month. So either way, uh, Spotify's got a really cool player. Um, all, you'll be able to see it on video as well. Um, I, I like that. So anyway, I think it looks good. And, and it works pretty good. So anyway, those are the best ways to help out the show. Make sure you go, um, you know, give me a five-star rating or a one-star. I don't care. Um, just uh, rate it, review it, subscribe, all that all that good shit. And uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back here. I think Aaron will be here tomorrow for uh, Fence Post Politics. And uh, if not, I'll find another way to call him gay. I promise you that. And, uh, and on that note, move your ass. We're burning daylight.